Do a little jingle. No, I can't. Thanks. Okay. Okay, let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Into Overtime, the brand new Five Zero podcast. My name's Paul Heath. I'm one of the directors at Five Zero, uh, and we'll be hosting this first edition, and hopefully some uh, some subsequent ones too. Uh, across future editions, we'll be talking about all things sport uh, and trying to give you, our listeners, a better insight into what it's like to experience a sports scholarship at university in the USA. We'll be inviting various special guests along from different sporting backgrounds and hopefully having some fun and laughs along the way. As some of you will already know, at Five Zero, we help uh, talented footballers and golfers in obtaining these exciting scholarships. And so we'll definitely be focusing on the adventure that awaits you in America. Uh, but in terms of today, what we thought we'd do to get started is introduce you to some of the key people behind the Five Zero team. So we've got with us the founder and managing director, um, Nathan. So hi, Nathan. Hi, Paul. And we also have Ellie Leak, who is our head of women's football. Uh, hi, Ellie. Hi, Paul. So if it's all right with you two, I'm, I'm going to kind of throw the floor to you and ask you just to give a little bit of background into yourself. Um, you both played football, I know that. So, so your football background, uh, where you play football in the States, what you're doing right now, who you're playing for right now, uh, and perhaps how you found yourself uh, here with five zero. So who wants to uh, who wants to kick off? Ladies first. So I started playing because um, my older brother played when I was younger, um, and I started out playing that local club in the girls team. Um, I moved schools and there wasn't actually a girls team there, and they wouldn't let me play with the boys. So my mum actually started a girls team there, which I think is always a really cool story because um, I think just seeing her be such a powerful woman and supportive of me playing football um, always encouraged me. Um, after that, I kind of outgrew the local team. So I ended up going to Bristol Academy, um, which was a center of excellence then. Uh, they were a really good team when I was there um, and through the college system as well. I stayed there uh, for three years. So until I was about 19, um, I got, I trained with the first team regularly and I was lucky enough to be signed with the first team, which was obviously, you know, a dream come true. They were in like FA Cup finals, um, playing with some amazing players like Siobhan Chamberlain. She was the England goalkeeper at the time. Um, Jess Fishlock, who obviously is playing, been playing in America for a few years, um, been at Lyon and has been playing at Reading this season. Um, so yeah, that was a really awesome experience, but I think uh, I knew pretty quickly that my physicality wasn't uh, built for senior football quite yet. Uh, so I decided that the US would be a really good option for me. It was always a dream to go and play in the US, um, but I just didn't really know how it would work or how I'd get out there. Um, it's a really complex process. And luckily enough for me, you know, I had a lot of people supporting me um, doing that, who knew coaches and stuff like that. Um, so I ended up being at Auburn University in the deep south of Alabama. I did not expect to be in Alabama at all. It was, 
a really big culture shock but luckily enough it was just a massive university city which was really cool like 97,000 fans at American football games we would get you know thousands of fans at our games so it was just an absolutely unreal experience um, after I played in the US um, for four years I had a four-year scholarship there I went to play professionally in France um, <clears throat> so excuse me um, after being in France for a year I decided, you know, I'd been out of the UK for long enough. I think it was six years, five years. Yeah, five years I'd been out of the um, UK. So I decided to come back and see where I could play here. Um, now I'm at Lewis FC playing, uh, which I'm absolutely loving every minute of and working along, you know, side with these guys at 5-0, which has been really fun uh, over the past, you know, few months or so. Fun in what way, Ellie? How has it been fun? I mean, just, it's like I get to relive the whole experience of going to America, which was just so exciting for me. So I get to relive it through, like, my athletes now, which is just fun. Uh, so, so nothing to do with working with me then, no? No, I suppose you two can be funny sometimes when you get into, you know, father and son arguments. They only ever go one way, though, don't they? It's never in my favour. Um I sit, in the, I sit on the fence. I'm smart about it. <laughs> so, Nathan, what about, what about you? Tell us about, before we get into a father and son debate, tell us about, um, tell us about your sort of football in history. So, I myself, I was um, in Berry's Academy. You, you know, Berry has uh, recently uh, ceased to exist. But, but, you know, when they were um, League One, League Two, I was in their, you know, youth academy from under nines all the way to under 16s. Um, I then did my uh, YTS at Cambridge United, um, played a few games, you know, pre-season and, and, and through the season, you know, sort of um, Cambridge United 11 versus like West Ham 11 games through the season for, for the first team. Um, never quite broken to, to the first team, you know, trained with them quite regularly. And um, like I said, played a couple of, of pre-season exhibition games, um, but never... Um, made a, a competitive appearance, was named in, in the FA Trophy squad, um, you know, that, that won it uh, in 2013, I think it was. Um, but again, never actually got on the pitch or, or made an appearance. Um, so after that, I then signed with Staley Bridge Celtic, who were in the Conference North at the time. So um, that was as I was, you know, finishing my YTS and, and, and college. Um, I then took a year where I played in, like I say, for Staley Bridge. Uh, we battled relegation that year. So it was a bit of an eye-opener going from, you know, um, under-18s and the 21s football straight into to open age and, um, you know, where you're sort of battling for your lives to, to stay in the division um, with, you know, blokes effectively that, that are 30, 31 and, and you know, some, some real ex-pros that had, that had played in um, numerous games in, in the football league. So that was a fantastic experience. And I think that set me up brilliantly to, to go to the US yeah then ended up in at Campbellsville University um, in, in again in, Ken in Kentucky not quite the deep south uh, like Ellie uh, more the mid south um, and <clears throat> had a good time there you know um, the team was was good more so the first two years you know the we, the second year we were we were undefeated in regular season didn't lose a game until we got to nationals um, and, and played against some good teams. And um, did I expect to be in Kentucky? No, I didn't. But um, 
uh, I loved every minute of it and find myself in Kentucky to this day, not quite in Campbellsville in, in, in Louisville, but, um, you know, moved out here now and moved into a house. So, um, okay. So, so what made you want to set up, um, a consultancy like five zero, Nathan, what, what was behind that? Um, because, you know, I think a, a, a lot of things and, and sort of being successful in anything is a lot about who, you know, um, and, you know, from, from the, teams I played for and the coaches that I'd stayed in touch with, you know, I knew, I knew people in the right places that, that could help make this work. Um, and I wanted to, you know, agencies don't have the greatest of reputations in, in a lot of cases. They, they're they sort of renowned for taking money and doing very little work. And with us and, and with Five Zero, I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted it to be, first of all, something that was affordable for, for, for most players. You know, some of the fees that, some, some agencies charge are, are out of the, you know, the, the realms of possibility for some players. And for, for, for those players that can't always afford those fees, you know, the, the best players aren't always the most wealthy players, you know, um, the, they, they sometimes come from a little bit more modest backgrounds. And we want to be in a position to where we can help as many players have that same opportunity that both I had and that, that Ellie had. And, you know, we speak so highly of it that, you know, we're so passionate about it and, 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 the, the opportunity is so great that I think sometimes it gets, uh, doesn't, again, doesn't have the, the, the greatest reputation, particularly in professional clubs. You, you, you sort of um, blindsided to, I want to be a pro player and I don't want to entertain the U S until that's, that's no longer a, an option in, in England uh, or, or wherever. And ultimately that can, that can be too late for some people um, because of eligibility reasons and, and, and whatever. But for me, I, I would encourage players to look at this as an alternative option, you know, not a, not a backup option um, or anything like that. It's, you know, I, the reason I went to the US was because one of my friends had turned down a pro contract at Accrington Stanley and, and he'd gone and played in Manhattan College in New York and he was sending me all these pictures and videos of, of you know, the experience he was having and I was just like, I want that. You know, I could have stayed and played in the Conference North if, I, if I'd have wanted to and tried to kick on through the leagues, but it, I would have regretted not going to the US if if I didn't take that opportunity at the time that I did. It's crazy that you say that because I have like players now who are reaching out to me and ask, asking me for advice about playing in the US who are deciding, who are playing in the WSL like currently, like have been playing, you know, consistently. They haven't like signed to get paid or anything, um, but they're deciding now whether they stay in the WSL league um, at 18 or 17, 18, or go and play in the US. So like players like Ruby Grant, who was at West Ham, like she decided to go and play at, um, you know, North Carolina. And then also Emily Murphy, who's playing for Birmingham City at the moment, um, doing really well for herself there. She's also, you know, in the process of deciding if she wants to go play over there as well, um, which I just, you know, I don't think people realize how great the standard is until you're out there playing in it. And it was definitely a shock to my system. I like thought, oh, I'll go there, I'll be the best player, like blah, blah, blah. You know, little did I know, like first time stepping out onto that pitch in 90 degree heat against players twice the size of you, I was absolutely thrown into the air, like massively. I think it's one of them where you you, you can do all the research in the world and you know, you can watch videos of, of, of games in the US. But I think whenever you watch a video, the 
it, it doesn't really do it justice as, as to being there live and being playing or, or, or watching it live. And I think you can you can only do so much research and, and until you actually go out there and experience it for yourself, you can't really you can't really sort of have an opinion on it because mm-hmm. you're you're talking from you know not first hand experience. So um for me, knowing, you know, and, and being through it and, and, and similar to, to, to how it sounds for you, Ellie, is knowing what I know now, I would have 100% regretted it if I didn't go. And, yeah. Um, you, you, I, I could have carried on playing part-time, like I said, and, and or, or even full-time and, um, and earning a decent wage from 18 to 22. And, and, you know, you're in college, so you're not earning a wage or anything like that. Um, but those those four years I would do it all over again if I possibly could you know it's it was you know the best four years of 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 my life to date so um I would encourage anybody that has the opportunity because it's it's also not an opportunity that's available to everybody first of all you've got to be good enough you know as a player um because like Kelly mentioned the standard's very good um and also your academics have got to be at a decent standard as well so if you have the opportunity to, to go over there and do it Definitely consider it, but I would always encourage you to, to go and do it. Why, why wouldn't you? I, I, I think just from a, a, a parent's perspective, there's, there's, there's another angle to this as well. And there's a lot of noise at the moment, particularly around um, the male football world of, I think what Sky were reporting is the lost boys of football, those, those lads who uh, kind of reach a cliff edge uh, in an academy where, uh, you know, one day they're going to be the next big thing and the day after they've been released and they don't know what to do with themselves. Uh, and there's been some fairly high profile cases. Uh, and I think that the more these kind of opportunities are talked about uh, as early as possible, and, and I think that there's, there's a learn here for, for the women's game who, who are uh, you know, at a much different space, um, the, the less it feels like a cliff edge, the less these people get lost uh, and the less they feel like failure when, um, you know, as, as is the case for the majority, it doesn't work out for them. Um, and, you know, the States aren't the only place that does this, but what they do very well is you come away not just with another four years of football and potentially other avenues, but also an academic degree that you can use for other, uh, other methods later on in life. So um, I think, you know, I think what, what Five Zero do, and, and a number of others, to be fair, but... but um, you know what what they do gives people those alternatives and, and like you say nathan consider them doesn't mean it has to be for you and for some people it might not be but definitely feel like uh like a good option um ellie what what was the biggest difference for you in in the us than uh, than in the uk um it was the physicality for sure um i think probably a few of the um girls i played with in the us would be able to deal with nathan's physicality um just absolute brutes, um, rapid, like super quick. I'd gone from being one of the quickest, fittest in my team to one of the slower, le- lesser fit players. So it was a big shock in terms of that. Like our fitness test was insane. Like we'd always like, when I was, I, was play, I played for Wales in the youth um, ages and we'd always do the beep test, which was our fitness test at um, Auburn as well. So I always had so much anxiety to like associated with that test. Um, 
But at Wales, we never really had to get a high test, a high test score. I think if you got to 16, it was like, oh, like that's pretty decent. Like you're fine. But in like the US, you had to get like 16, six to play and start. Um, at some teams, you wouldn't be able to even get your kit if you didn't pass the fitness test. So I can see why players are so fit and physical and, you know, fast. Um, helped me so much coming back to the to Europe, like in France. I was like one of the quickest, one of the fittest, like easily. And now, you know, I'm one of the fastest on our teams um, up there with the fitness as well. So I think America definitely helped um, me get, be prepared for first team football um, back in Europe, for sure. Ellie, you spoke about um, the, you know, not getting the kit. Did you have like a big sort of kit reveal? You know, the the, the 25 or, or however many made the, the, you know, the varsity roster. Did you have like a, a big sort of reveal of as to here's your kit, here's your, all your track suits, all that kind of stuff, here's your boots, you know, all the free gear that you get. Was there like a big deal made out of that? Because I was at my school. Yeah, we, it, we would call it Christmas in August. Yeah. We'd have Christmas in August and then we'd have a mini Christmas in spring because we got so, I think we was like one of Under Armour's biggest, like biggest, like school providers so we got so much care like it, it's a joke like my older brother um is still wearing my Auburn kit from my freshman year because I would come home with so much care I wouldn't know what to do with it so I just give it to all my family members um but yeah unlimited supply of boots as well unlimited supply of runners so if like your boots broke or your runners were wearing down you could just go get new ones um if a training shirt was like you know, a bit torn out or something. You could go get a new one whenever you wanted. We literally had a kit room um, where like our kit got washed, like maybe like 20 meters from our changing room. And we just pick our kit up every day from our locker on our little loop. And yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, a lot better than kit we get now. Ours was like a little party in the, in the changing rooms. So we had a massive changing rooms and they'd put like music on and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you've got, all your kits hung up and all that all the stuff you can take it's actually funny because um obviously i'm still moving into to this place properly here that i'm in now so it's only been here less than two weeks and um a lot of my stuff was in storage from you know from finishing university a few years ago so i went and got all that stuff yesterday and there's literally like three bags like suitcases full of just school gear that i got during my time at you know at campbellsville and it's, it's it's all good stuff as well so that we, we were sponsored by adidas so or adidas whatever um <laughs> and then uh you know we had just all sorts of all sorts of kit so have you been playing music and revealing all your kit to Gigi? no unfortunately not no the the, the only thing that um Gigi commented on was um I had some of my uh, final papers in there from that I turned in at school, and uh, yeah, she was she was tearing them to shreds. Oh gosh, uh, Ellie, what would you say on the pitch has been your best experience in football, whether that was UK or US? Oh, that's that's difficult. Um, I think the year that Auburn went to the Elite Eight um, in the national tournament. So the last three years I was at Auburn, we went to the national tournament every year and um, we actually got knocked out every single year by the team that went on to win the national championship, the national champion, which is like so like unfortunate. Um, but yeah, we went to the Elite Eight and we got to go out to California and play USC and just the experience being on that team was just awesome. Um, everyone was just so together and it was, I was surrounded by a great, 
bunch of girls and coaching staff. So yeah, I'd say that was definitely uh, one of my favourite. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay. And, and Nathan, what about you? Same same sort of question. Um, so so for me, it's it's not really much of a hard one. Um, you know, our our best seasons were probably the the earlier ones. Um, I came in uh, as a freshman when you know we had a strong side. We had a lot of seniors, juniors, um, and then after sort of year, the first two years, um, sort of major recruitment was needed to, to replace some of those guys. So my best experiences were probably earlier on. Um, one that, that really sticks out, I mean, we, we went uh, the 2016 season undefeated um, until we got to, to Nationals. Um, and, and within that season, there was uh, there was one game that, 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 like I say, really sticks out. Our biggest rivals, which was... Um, a local rivalry as well was with Lindsay Wilson, who and, and I think to, to this day they still hold the record for the most uh, NAI national championship wins. I think they had nine or something like that, um, so quite a lot. Uh, and they were literally about 20 minutes down the road from us, um, so that was always a big game because we were competing for the conference title with alongside them, and it was just the most unreal game you know we've we've played so it was it was actually my first season playing and the the older guys would would mention the, the sort of the rivalry and the hatred for, for each other and how and sort of stress the importance of this game and in this game like I don't think I've ever been as motivated or as up for a game as as, as this one so I was booked <laughs> I think within about 30 seconds um something like that uh, I'd gone in for a strong tackle and, and the, the right winger did not like it at all. Like, clean tackle, won the ball. Um, so then he, I, I can't remember what he did. He like grabbed my shirt and pulled me down to the floor. So then um, I, I wasn't for backing out of anything like that. So um, the referee got in the middle of that and, and, and gave me a yellow card. Uh, he got one as well. Uh, so it wasn't just me. But um, then we went 1-0 we went up after... I don't know, maybe 15 minutes, something like that. Um, and then uh, they scored a free kick, I think. So it was 1-1. And then I think we went 2-1 up. Um, and then they brought it back to, to again, 2-2. Then they went 3-2 up. And then we brought it back to 3-3. And then with about, I don't know, a minute and a half left of, of normal time, their their right winger got it and um it, honestly like I hadn't given him a kick all game. I'd fouled him a few times bear in mind, but um in, in regards to he'd not done anything in the whole game um until this point and throughout like throughout the whole game I knew he was quicker than me so I was like just do not dive in, stand him up the whole time. And he showed the ball to me and I went for it and it was the biggest mistake and he went past me, put a cross in and and, and they scored to make it 4-3 with, with, like I say, about a minute to go. Um, then we literally got the ball from kickoff. Um, I can't remember who had the ball. I think it was Diego, one of our central midfielders, and, and he won a penalty. And I was on penalties all that year, so I was buzzing to try and rectify this mistake. Uh, you know, we had, we had a big crowd. Um, there was a lot of people there. They brought the band, all that kind of stuff. Um, I actually have a video. I think it might be on our Instagram that, that I can post and, and, and show. But um, I quite like stepping up as well to to uh, sort of take on the pressure and 
Um, it was probably the worst penalty I took that season. Um, pro- probably so bad that it helped me because um, I put my penalties in every single spot. Uh, sorry, in the same spot every single time that season uh, to my left, uh, bottom corner. And this one I didn't. It was like half half in the corner and the keeper went the right way but went too far um, and got like a hand to it and, and it went in the back of the net. So, yeah, that, that was definitely my favourite memory. Um, and then that's who we beat in the conference final as well. So that was right up there. Although I did miss a sitter in that game from about a yard out in in, uh, in Golden Goal. What, what are your best experiences off the pitch? It sounds like the States was kind of a really um, memorable experience generally for you both. But what about off the pitch? So I, I had a lot of good experiences, but obviously the the uh, the most life changing one is you know obviously now I'm I'm, I'm back in in Louisville because um, I met Gigi. You know so. I'm now here on a on a fiance visa and and due to get married within the next ninety days, um, so ultimately that's that's the biggest experience and the biggest thing I can take away from from my four years in the US. Um, but yeah, there's there's plenty of actual sort of you know physical experiences uh, from from being a, a student athlete at the US that uh, I had great times in as well. Whether that's both you know on the pitch. Um, are off are off it as well you know there's there's plenty of experiences that you can have outside of just playing and just in the classroom you know to, to really make the most of being in the USA for, for four years um and, and even when we speak to, to potential clients or even clients that, that we have signed with, with you know with five zero and a, a lot of the times people want to go you know their, their biggest priority a lot of the time is is football or or, or education. But alongside that is is the you know the experience that you have of living away from home and um, living with your teammates, sort of eating, training, you know, doing everything together, um, away days, all that kind of stuff. And then you know the, the the things you see on TV as well, you know, the spring break and and all those experiences that you can have. And and for me, that was probably the the best experience off the pitch was was just living with your mates and. Um, have uh, sharing those memories because those those one once um, spring break in particular that sticks out where we we all went down to uh, Florida uh, you know one of the the sort of the hot spots for for spring break and um, you you get a hotel for a week um, and and I had you know my my, my teammates and my mates from from uni um, that that came down but then I also had a few of my mates from England that came across you know that I'd grown up with and. That was just probably one of the one of the best weeks, you know that 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 I'll I remember because you just with you know people that you've grown up with and uh, and that you know your new mates that you're living with twenty four seven and um, just having a good time for that week where you're just really not thinking about anything else other than you know I'm just gonna enjoy myself this. Week. And Ellie, what about you? I think just we got to travel so much. Um... When we were in season, like we got to like go on like private jets to games and stuff, and stay at like the nicest hotels, eat at the nicest restaurants, which was something I don't think I'd really experienced. It's not really in the British culture to like really eat out, um, but like in the U.S., like the food is just so great, and I still miss it to this day. Um, but yeah, just going to like different places that you would never ever go to and seeing like how beautiful they are like going to like Arkansas and like Missouri and yeah like we you go in like Nash and then you go to like Nashville and like San Francisco and 
I bet Nathan went to Daytona when he was talking about going to a spring break holiday because um, that's where we went as well, which was it was a bit of a dive, but it was a very fun dive, um, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, definitely like just guarantee experience the American culture for me was my favorite for sure. Um, and then on top of that, just the relationships, like all my best friends are through football. Um, so yeah, it's definitely my safe space. So where was your favorite place then, Ellie? You've reeled a few off there. Where was your favorite place in the States? Uh, favorite like place was definitely San Francisco. Um, just cause the city was really cool. Um, I'd say the best weekend I had was when I went to Nashville when one of my friends who was also over the US um, in New York, she came down to Auburn for her spring break and we drove up to Nashville to meet another one of our friends who was at Middle Tennessee State. And just being like taking all your British friends into, you know, an iconic city. And we went and watched a football game and yeah, we just had a lot of fun afterwards as well. And yeah, we have some really funny stories from that weekend, which, you know, I probably can't share all of them with you. Despite the, the, the clubs that you've represented and, and played for in the UK, that all your favourite memories uh, come from the States, which um, which is, is really just interesting to, to hear how much it, it, it's, it's been enjoyed. But I'll I tell you what I want to do. I want to, I want to try and give the UK an opportunity to, to, to sort of level the scores a little bit. So... Just to sort of conclude this discussion, I want to go through 10 quick fire questions. Okay, so I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to ask you both to, to, to answer each question at a time. 10 questions. You've got a choice of two things. One is the UK, one is American. Okay, and we'll see, we'll see uh, if the UK can actually uh, level these scores up a little bit. So here's question one. Um, so I don't mind who answers first Boris or Biden? I would I would have said I would have said Biden, although um sounds like Boris is is pulling his finger out for, for June the twenty first. So um but I'll still go with Biden. Um he seems like he's making all the right noises. Biden. Biden. You see, Ellie's got the idea of this quick fire. It's like a <laughs> one word answer. All right, okay. All right. Um number two, Boddington's or Budweiser? Budweiser. Budweiser. No idea what Boddington's is. Okay, question number three. This is an important one. Full English or pancakes and syrup? Full English, all day. Full English. Right answer. Okay. January sales or Black Friday? Black Friday. Black Friday. Okay, question five. Are you a little bit house or a little bit country? <laughs> house. House. Okay, so on a similar theme, Ed Sheeran or Snoop Dogg? Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, but I do like Snoop Dogg as well. <laughs> All right, well, we've got, we've got a dead heat so far. So question seven, cricket or baseball? Baseball. Baseball. Okay. Alton Towers or Disney World? Disney World. Disney World. Okay. Going back to the breakfast theme, marmalade or peanut butter and jelly? Yeah, peanut butter, but do without the jelly. Peanut butter and jelly. I don't like marmalade at all. You possibly like peanut butter. Unless unless it's on like a camembert, like a baked one. What? 
<laughs> I'll come back to that in a minute. I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, so the final question, very topical for, for you guys as, as footballers. Do you go with the draw or overtime and golden goal? Golden goal, all day. Yeah, I'd agree. Golden goal. We used to call overtime our time at Auburn because we always used to win. I don't think we lost. I don't think we lost in overtime. And overtime is that chance to shine. That's, that's the time to be a star and I like to be the star. <laughs> never, um, never guess that. I just need to go back to what you said you put on camembert. Yeah, like a bait. Yeah, like you get a cam. It's like Chris for Christmas. You like have a camembert. You like cut it a little bit. Yeah. Cover it in. Um, like cut it this way. Like put like marmalade in it or like orange jam, and then orange jam all over the top. Then walnuts, and then you bake it, and then you just have it with like a French stick or something. I thought you said you weren't cultured. Yeah. That's probably the French in me. I spent a year in France, didn't I? Um, guys, listen, that um, pretty much brings us to the end uh, after half an hour. It's uh, been really great to hear your experiences. As I said before, really interesting, bearing in mind the levels that you've both played at, to see how much um, in favour of the US you both uh, substantially lean. But thanks ever so much for your time. Really enjoyed listening to it. Um, and I will speak to you again soon. Thanks, Paul. Okay.